everybody and welcome back to the Portsmouth Running Podcast, episode number 13. As always, I am your solo host, Daniel Del Piccolo, and just wanted to give you a very warm welcome to the show and the episode, especially if this is your first one and you haven't listened to any before. Uh, This is a show that's been created to hear the stories and experiences from all the runners, or as many runners as we can, in and around the Portsmouth area. So thank you and uh, really hope you enjoy this episode. So I thought I'd kick off this week with um, obviously the thing that's in the news, in fact probably the only thing that's in the news at the moment, which is obviously COVID-19. But I thought I'd I'd start uh, this episode with a bit of a difference and just express my own thanks. And I know words are very, very kind of, they're, they're cheap and easy sometimes, but just express my thanks to any of you out there listening who work for the NHS or any of the other you know, really, really important jobs out there that people are kind of going to work with just to keep our uh, services up and running. And, you know, whether you're your shop worker or collecting the rubbish um, or whatever, whatever it is you're doing out there that's, that's kind of keeping the running the country running. Thank you so, so much. Uh, it was really nice last week to get outside at eight o'clock and do the, the kind of clap that the UK were, were doing. And you know, we went outside into the uh, into the road and we weren't sure what was going to happen really because we couldn't really see anybody outside and and all of a sudden you just heard this noise from the distance just get louder and louder and louder and it was clear that everyone was doing it so we, we just started clapping and yeah everyone was kind of then hanging out their windows coming out their doors and doing it and it was really fantastic it was just a really nice gesture just to say thank you to everyone out there so so again for those of you out there who, who are working who are going out there and, and kind of risking their own safety and stuff to keep everything running thank you so so much from i'm sure from all of us on the show all the runners out there we you know we really do appreciate it i'm um, also on that point if you did want to want to put in any shout outs on on the show please do email me on uh, portsmouth running podcast at gmail.com um, it would be it would be great to kind of you know get some feedback or uh, or get some shout outs that we can put on to the to the shows um, in the future. Uh, so yeah, email me anything. It could be anything. It could be a thank you, a simple thank you to like I've, d- I've just done just now or a thank you to a family member you might know or another runner um, who might be doing something for the for the community out there. And I, I've seen so many inspiring and uplifting stories uh, of people running their own projects to to help pe- help out uh, the NHS, especially um, with making masks and stuff with 3D printers and, and all sorts of things going on. So yeah, if you want to, want to put any shout outs, please email me or get in touch um, via Facebook or any of the social media accounts like our Instagram or Twitter account. Um, yeah, and I'll do, make sure I uh, include those on the next show. So in terms of training, obviously everyone's races are, are cancelled now. Um, and it's even kind of looking like maybe June races are going to be a little bit dodgy at the moment. Um, it does sound... I'm pretty positive and uplifting, you know, that some of these restrictions may be slowly lifted at some point. But of course, no one knows when that's going to happen. Um, and I'm sure everyone's really anxious to kind of, you know, find out, you know, what's going on later in the year with races. But my first one was meant to be this coming weekend, which was the South Downs Way 50 miler. Um, of course, that's not going ahead now. Um, and I may just kind of just be doing a, a standard weekend long run uh, using my one activity up to just to kind of like make up for that for that loss of that race but I also unfortunately couldn't move any of my races out uh, to the new dates later in the year because they they clashed with other events I already had on so um, I'll be kind of regrouping when you know things slowly start getting lifted and the end of the year kind of comes into focus more and I'll look at doing a longer race uh, perhaps at the end of the year but uh, yeah training still going on 
And for myself, who does, uh, I, I do a lot of long distance running. Um, I tend to have a pattern with my training that, that tends to go the earlier out I am from an event. Uh, I do a lot of speed work, um, a lot of kind of strength training in the legs just to get, get the lungs working more and uh, you know, to get faster faster pace and stuff in the feet and the legs. Um, and then as, a, as I kind of build up towards uh, or getting closer to a race, I do longer distance stuff and start making my efforts a little bit more race specific. So all I've done really with my training is I've just kind of shifted back into that initial key phase where I start doing a bit more speed training and stuff. So, you know, it's it's no major train smash. We, we still get to run, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, and it's nice that, you know, the true passion and the true love for the running really shines out in times like this because it doesn't matter if your races are not there or you're not able to go out with friends and stuff. You can still go out uh, and enjoy just the fresh air and the natural movement that, that running gives us and yeah it's been i think it's really really important to keep that going especially in times like this even whether it's on a treadmill um, or you're just getting outside around the block for a 5k uh, super important that, that it keeps going so before i uh, waffle on too much uh, i i don't know how many of you follow uh, me on strava or, or social media but i ordered a, a new pair of hocker shoes uh, last week and they arrived and they were the new hocker 109 shoe and I don't know how many of you have seen them but I had to describe it on the show because they were absolutely unique I've never seen a shoe like it before it uh, it's a shoe that's um basically got an extended heel that comes up comes out the back of it uh, by by quite some way maybe a, a couple of inches um, and there's a lot more kind of sole to the shoe like going all the way around the back towards the front and stuff so if you turn the shoe over upside down and compare it to to another shoe of the same size it almost looks twice the size it's it's pretty huge um, I did hear a few uh, write-ups that they were developed to help runners running downhill on mountains, but I used them out on South Sea Seafront a few times just to try them and see what they felt like, and, and they were incredibly light for uh, for the amount of shoe that they have. Uh, I don't think it really made a difference uh, on the lightness. In fact, I found some of my other shoes, uh, my normal kind of size shoes, even even heavier than them. So they were very interesting. Um, as, a, as a kind of midfoot striker, I don't really feel the hill running on the on the flats, but as soon as you come to like running downhill on a ramp, um, as I did in Old Portsmouth or, or over the bridge between the Funfair and Old Portsmouth, you could really feel that heel kick in. Um, so yeah, go if you if you haven't seen them yet, go onto my Strava page uh, or my social media page and just take a look at the shoe or go to the the Hocker EU website and, and take a look. They're, they're called the Hocker 109. Um, it's a brand new kind of like bold design very innovative and yeah I kind of I really really like the look of them they, they look fantastic although when you're wearing them you do get some funny looks um, yeah but uh, yeah this week's this week and last week's been all about trying new shoes uh, I got a pair to um, to wear of the Hocker 11 II um, and the Arahi 4 which are two Hocker shoes which are I think they're, they're their two new seasonal shoes and they're pretty good as well I'm just breaking in the 11s at the moment in fact I'm wearing them right now and doing a little bit of walking around the house and them stuff just to kind of help help them settle on the feet nicely but yeah so yeah just keeping the running going keeping focused for races later in the year and yeah just carrying on as as per normal really but i hope you're all well and looking after yourselves staying safe sticking to the guidelines as best as possible and obviously self-isolating and and doing best to to kind of keep the virus at bay so on to episode 13 and my guest this week is David Harvey uh, who is also known as, as Ginger Dave Mark 1. Mark 1 because there is another runner in Portsmouth called Ginger Dave 2 um, and I hope Ginger Dave Mark 2 doesn't mind being Mark 2 but uh, for the sake of this interview 
David Harvey and I called called him as Mark One. So uh, Dave or or David is also um, known as Metal Boy as well. It's one of his other running names, and that was given to him by uh, another runner because he's into rock music and heavy metal music and stuff. So I think he's a lot of his friends just call him Metal Metal Boy as a as a runner. Dave started running uh, initially to lose weight uh, when he was in his twenties, um, and he pretty much like immediately jumped into the world of ultra running. Um, and it really shines through in the interview that Dave is is somebody who's really not scared to try something. And I think the more difficult something seems for Dave is the more that he wants to do it. So he's he's very good at kind of challenging himself, and and his results show that he's uh, had a lot of success um, using that method as well. He's very headstrong. He's a really good guy, very knowledgeable. And he's got a lot of experience with a lot of different races. Um, he's become a bit of a legend in Portsmouth, really, because uh, he's run uh, various events, including uh, the Western States 100, uh, the UTMB uh, in 2019. Um, he also did uh, Grand Union Canal, where he actually placed fourth, although he doesn't really tell people that because Dave is very modest as well. Um, a lovely all-round guy. Um, he's coached by Michelle Maxwell, and we get to speak a fair bit on the show uh, about kind of choosing a coach and why he went to go choose a coach, and all about trusting the process um, and putting your your faith in your in your coach's decisions. Um, it was clearly a, a, the right decision for him to make because uh, his results last year definitely showed that um, he's he's going the right way with his running. So uh, on that note, enjoy the show, um, and don't forget to get in touch with any shout-outs that you'd like to make, especially during these days and weeks where we're indoors. Um, take care everyone stay positive remember this is only temporary no matter how long it lasts and uh, thoughts are with you all and speak to you again on the next show take care awesome dave thanks so much man for taking the time eh, to come and uh, come and chat to us on the show you're welcome and uh, just for the for the listeners out there you're on your phone i'm on my laptop and yeah. I don't know where you are, but I've been booted out of almost every room in the house uh, because mm. there's either a cat sleeping, who I'm worried is going to get up and meow. We've got a cage full of these South American daigus that we've got for the kids that just start chewing everything during <laughs> the recordings. Um, and I wasn't allowed into the workroom because it's the, the the pathway to the toilet. So I've actually ended up in my bedroom. So, <laughs> so yeah, well, so you there's know, all sorts our, of strange... I'm, I'm also in my bedroom as well. We are in the middle of some kind of bubonic plague outbreak at the moment aren't we so we're not allowed outside or anything like that so it's it's bedroom time at the moment <laughs> it is indeed it is indeed and, and what a what a crazy time it's been i mean i know like we've we've managed to to catch up a couple of times over the over on whatsapp and stuff and um i know you've been out running and stuff during the week but how's how's it all going amongst all this crazy this crazy time at the moment i've got to be honest that um life hasn't really changed much for me because i'm predominantly work from home anyway um but there's something about things being taken away that makes the current situation a lot harder than it should have than it perhaps could have been so i'm still doing the things that i've always done going out for a run doing my work but i imagine for people that work away that have to commute um they have that little bit more kind of uh um life outside of home must imagine it must be really difficult for them or quite an upheaval in a sense yeah i think i think you're right there it's um yeah it's it's right it's kind of all individual isn't it because it's what you're used to and then like you say the the contrast between what you used to have and what's been taken away so yeah it's a really it's a fairly good point and i think like oh are you all right there <laughs> yeah no sorry i just uh dropped a glass sorry. <laughs> that's all right we're 
we're we're all for those of you listening we're all making we're all making do with what we can <laughs> doing doing keeping these shows going and stuff during corona so <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there's gonna be lots of funny noises coming from my bedroom as well but yeah no it's um well i think we're quite lucky as runners dave what you were saying back there because you, like you say we've been allowed by the government to carry on doing the exercise that you'd normally do obviously one activity a day and uh yeah like you mm. say that kind of it does bring a lot of kind of normality to the day for us as runners yeah yeah i think that um it's it, it's nice to have that option of being able to go out for a run whenever you want if you work from home really isn't it and i think yeah. people could be quite enjoying that at the moment for sure doing yeah. it midday rather than first thing in the morning or last thing at night mm, and pe- people are definitely being like a lot more kind of careful about the the, the two meter rule and stuff and i know i don't go near anybody when, I, when i'm out or yeah i try not to I, but uh, i think that most are cyclists aren't but most most people on <laughs> cyclists damn it they just they just whiz oh, past you yeah sit down sport isn't it cheeks absolute cheeks absolute cheeks seated running for those who want to do yeah. seated running yeah that's it yeah fakes um now dave I've, I've been wanting to get you onto the show so so badly because obviously we know each other through through running and um i'm, I'm well aware of of all the crazy um events that you do and the distances and the races that you've done and uh, you're kind of becoming a bit of a, of a legend in Portsmouth um, I don't want to give you a big head or anything too much and I, I know you're you're a very modest guy um but those who know you like will obviously know that your people call you Ginger Dave but there there is another Ginger Dave in Portsmouth as well there is yeah Mark, Mark too is, yeah, is, yeah, he, is he Mark Two or <laughs> I don't know? You can be Mark One. Oh, yeah, let's make you Mark One. There you go, Mark One, Ginger Dave, Mark One. Um, but you're, you're also you're also known as Metal Boy. Where, where does the Metal Boy come, uh, oh, come so from? So yeah, Metal Metal Boy is from uh, the wonderful Russ Besley, who is one of the people that kind of inspired me to start running and doing longer stuff. Anyway, but he is a massive punk fan. Okay. So uh, there's been that kind of like friendly rivalry that. I, you know, if we passed each other, or if we see each other, then I'll say, all right, punk. And then he'll go, hey, metal boy, you're right. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. and, yeah, I'm a massive, massive heavy metal fan, massive rock music fan, massive, well, just massive music fan, guitar player, was in a band for a good few years. Um, so it's, you know, it's something that I don't hide. I think it's quite obvious that I like rock music and metal, particularly Metallica special special place in my heart that band (laughs) awesome awesome so it's uh yeah you're definitely a definitely a big metallica band and uh it was funny because i put on some music yesterday for joel because we were playing we were making some uh, paper airplanes together in the lounge and i think uh, the first song that came on was kiss detroit rock city yeah tune Um, awesome yeah and i was like i was like i just reminded me of you because we obviously we've spoken about that film before and things but uh yeah so so, so I, th- I think I think it's also safe to say, Dave, like me- Metal Boy for me, as long as it, it obviously goes along with what you just said, being being a, a metal fan and rock music fan and stuff, yeah. and and Russ giving you that title. But for me, it rings out as as you being hard as bloody nails, mate. It's not actually so. I don't feel it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, we often don't, but uh, yeah, definitely. Your, yeah. I think your races and uh, from what I've seen seen with your running, it's uh, it's certainly certainly a little bit true at least. But um, um. You said you're a guitar player as well, and interestingly enough, uh, you helped um, get the intro music for the show itself. So you're obviously a member of the band in Portsmouth Belligerence. That's right. Uh, yeah. And you allowed us to use, or you and the band allowed us to use One Thing's Clear track. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us, a, tell us a little bit about the band then? Okay, so yeah, we um, we started uh, probably 15, 16 years ago, I reckon. We're, we're not really doing it anymore maybe like 
maybe once a year we'll get up, get together and have a little bit of a jam and do a gig or something but um we i met this guy called tim in a in a guitar shop and then we liked the same music we like sort of big riffs big solos lots of blues um and then we just got together and 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 it developed over time and it got to the point where we were doing a lot of shows around the uk we had a a sort of bit of a distribution deal with a label in america we were playing festivals like hard rock hell we played download festival one year which was probably the highlight um and we, we just had a great time recorded a few eps got played in lots of different places one of our songs was on mtv advert at one point and Fantastic. we just had a really good time and then uh, you know as as things as we all get older life changes for us doesn't it and um, yeah. it just it's just started to fizzle out our bassist had had a baby his wife had a baby um and we all just started to have our own lives and things were more important than the band but we all still mm-hmm. speak together we're all best friends still you know and we still go out and have a few beers and uh yeah it was, it was a great time it's it cool, been fun man. That's that's nice. I mean, it's, it sounds like it's obviously been been a big part of your life and things. And uh, it's, yeah, you know, although things change, like you you can never have that taken away from you. So it's like it becomes no. a part of part of it, you, doesn't it? So it, it it took up as much time as running takes up now, really. Okay. Like you know, it was it was the main focus, and that as yeah. as that's died down, running has increased. So. So who knows in the future, Dave, you might become like a grandmaster of chess or something like that. Yeah. And, and be talking about this very thing on a chess podcast about about your running history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once once my knees finally give way. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, dude. We'll, yeah we'll, both, we'll both take up chess. But um, just, so that, just for the listeners out there, if you ever want to go and listen to some of the music, you guys have got a load um, of your tracks uh, up on YouTube and a few of them have got some like, pretty crazy music videos on there as well, which are quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I guess cool. one of them has got uh, men in men in dresses and mankinis and stuff like that, isn't it? So. That's right. Yeah, it's really funny. It does 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 make me chuckle. But um, yeah, the tune for the that you've allowed us to use for the show is called "One Thing's Clear" and it's on there as well. And it is it's a proper cracking tune actually. Like uh, I've, it's really kind of like hooked on me since using it and things. So uh, gonna have to download. Where, where can I download your album, man? Where is where is it? Um, <laughs> you know what? I think they're probably still on iTunes. So awesome. we we had uh, we'll cut our own path remember who put you there and then we did uh now here's your secret and then we did this thing where we sort of like smudged them all together and released it as one so uh, cool man so yeah cool. you should be able to get, you should be able to find it it's obviously got amazing guitar playing on it and big riffs of course <laughs> fantastic dave awesome stuff so um dave j- just to get to kind of uh know you a little bit and and uh, a bit more kind of like further back in, in your history where, whereabouts did you grow up um I was, well, I, I was originally born in Aldershot. Um, my dad was a vicar and we were we lived there for a, a few years and then he died and we ended up having to move out of the vicarage. I then went to school in Canterbury and that was when I sort of really started to get into sports and things like that. Um, so I was okay. at boarding school there and then it wasn't until 16 that I came down to Portsmouth and I been on and off in Portsmouth ever since so a bit, bit of a cameo in like the new forest um but okay. Portsmouth's the end of the line and I think it's got this like strong gravitational pull that once you leave it, it 
it always drags you back somehow <laughs> what is it you, you, it's so right what i mean it's, it's i guess a black hole has a, has a similar kind of pull but Portsmouth <laughs> definitely is not that <laughs> no, no. There, there is there is something really special about about Portsmouth you know a lot of people complain it's it's overcrowded yeah. the, the traffic's bad and there's there's lots of aggressive people around which you know i guess you get in any city and and it's true to yeah. some degree but there is something really nice about about Portsmouth yeah. we, we love it i know my family's really happy here and stuff and we'd really miss it if we ever left do you know, I, th- I think there's, you know, once you scratch the surface, once you take all the obvious stuff away of like the council houses and like the amount of the population. And I think as well, if you take away Gunworth and, and Commercial Road, there's actually quite a kind of bohemian, um, just kind of cosmopolitan culture here. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, and, it, and it's very, very interesting. And that some of the people are very, very jazzy. It's not quite it's not quite Brighton, but it's you know, it's a lot of fun and there's there's a lot of amazing bands and there's a lot of different bands and different styles of music and people that you can go and meet and you know, there's always something to do. It's it's a great place to live. It really is. Yeah. And the seafront is, you know, the sort of right running mecca of the place really, isn't it? Yeah, I th- I think you hit the so, nail on the head there. There's like so many there's so many different um things that people do in life that you can find in Portsmouth and and those individual communities are so rich just like the running one is I mean it's like you know mm. as, a, as a runner you know that down here you've got I mean you there's just so many running opportunities and races and events and so many people and groups to join in with and I think it's the same for a lot of the the different kind of cultural stuff that you get around the city so it's certainly yeah, very rich so. in that aspect I think so yeah. I spent you know most of my life was was centered around things like the wedge of dreams and the people that you meet there all different styles of music and you know it's 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 you know similar to like if in running when you get some people that might do 5k and then others that do ultra distance you know there's all like this kind of diversity within like a small population of people so mm. yeah it's Very great good. it's great so, so dave what do you what do you do for a living um well i'm a mental health nurse Mm-hmm. Um, but I currently work with the Care Quality Commission doing regulation of um, using the Health and Social Care Act to make sure that standards within mental hospitals and in community services are are met. Okay. Encourage improvement, encourage people to kind of like do a decent job, really. So we are feared by a lot of people, but we are. I always say to people, you know, like I'm a humble person and we're supposed to be supportive of you. We want you guys to get better. And we want yeah. to, it's, it's an opportunity for people to showcase their work. So, so, so you're kind of like, I guess you're one of the brains behind um, some of the, the the rules and regulations around mental health and, and the NHS itself. Or like, do you actually, are you actually seeing patients and, and people at that level? No, well, we, we do talk to patients, but we, we look, look closely about the safety of services um, and how effective they are, how caring they are. Um, whether they're responsive to patients needs and how well led they are okay so we look at these five different areas and with with a strong emphasis on services being safe Um, and you know that's that's what we want we want people to go into hospital or receive a service and be treated well be safe and have care that is that is effective you know that it means it means something to them they're going to come out the other side and be treated well nice okay so quite quite a fulfilling job then quite a quite it's, nice it's, when you can when you know you can make a difference yeah it's ne- never a dull day yeah for sure for <laughs> sure 
does um does your does your work kind of go hand in hand with running at all? Are there any kind of like links that you could you could closely well, match with it or anything? Well, we do have a CQC running club. Well, it's, which is only a Strava-based club, but um, there's there's in our team there's a few runners. Um, none of them are kind of like doing the nutter ultra stuff like I am, but you know there's there's people that do ten mile runs or marathons um, okay. or just like a few shorter ones. So it's a little bit, little bit of a close yeah. tie there. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So when when we go away and inspect for a week, there's always something to go for a run with. So <laughs> it's great. Really. In, in- interesting leading on to that uh, to that next point you say well like you, you you're the nutter that does all the all the crazy long runs and stuff but you you know looking looking back and and i know we're going to kind of talk about a lot of the races and stuff but 2019 last year you had like the most incredible year because you ran i can't, I can't remember how many races it was maybe six or seven ultras at least um and some of those were like really big events so you'd done like the Brecon's Brecon beacons ultra um, yeah. UTMB, uh, right. Grand Union Canal. I mean, you had and and the results last year that you had were just absolutely amazing. Um, right. I don't know. I don't know whether you whether whether that was your best year ever, Dave. Yeah. No, it's not nice to say. Um, yeah, last year was good. I think that I I'd made well, a while back. I'd made a conscious decision to just do the races that inspired me or races that scared me. Okay, and interesting. I think both UTMB and Grand Union kind of scared me. Um, mm-hmm. I think probably Grand Union scared me because of the because of the distance, and UTMB because of because it's just completely alien to anyone in Portsmouth going up these mountains. Um, yeah. But they they are both fantastic races, and then the Brecon Beacons, which I've done before, which is a looped looped course up around Penny Fan. Um, that's quite a good experience and definitely worth doing and I think that I remember remember thinking in that race that I, I've never felt this so horrendous in an ultra before <laughs> as, as I did on the second loop of that because I'd, I'd done that kind of uh, go out I, I started at the back and I wasn't at the finish line start line when when the the gun went off so I yeah. spent the first like five minutes weaving for all of these people a stupid stupid pace and then thought well you know actually I'm, I'm just gonna try and go with this then and see how long it lasts <laughs> so um quite frankly the world fell out of my ass on the second <laughs> loop <laughs> and I could hardly even run straight so yeah that we want to go those details? <laughs> no, no I won't I won't give the specifics of it but it it took a few goos a little bit of a walk and um yeah. a few words with myself to to start getting going again and then thinking oh god i'm not doing this yeah. race again. but yeah <laughs> as always with these things you manage to turn it around one way or another yeah and was sure. motoring by the end of it so i'm not sure what i did in that but it was around 50 miles and wow. very good experience but yeah last last year was a particular kind of highlight for me i think because I'd, I'd always done races and finished started them I, I don't run to kind of race people I run just because I want to see what see what it's like to do a certain distance or do a race um so I'm, I'm not really racing against anyone other than myself and my own enjoyment and I think that that's really the ultimate focus whenever I go into a race is that you know let's enjoy it let's see what the course is like see what the mountains look like or in the case of Grand Union Canal, see what 
the dirty water looks like for 28 <laughs> bloody hours <laughs> yeah um, yeah well the only, the only difference is it flicks from what from left to right to left to right yeah as you cross the bridges yeah so i, I remember um martin bacon of pompey joggers uh, saying to me a couple of years ago that he doesn't know if he could put himself through grand union canal for a third or fourth time because it's essentially <laughs> 28 to 30 hours of completely obsessing about bridges yeah so i remember when he said that i was like i wonder what he means so i think by the time i'd finished that race and you know it's it's agonizingly long isn't it it's 145 Mm. miles and it did remind me of my first 100 mile race when you get to that point where you think fuck this i'm done with it you know i just need to finish this now and in a hundred mile that comes on at like 70 or 80 miles but the same is true for 145 miles. Yeah. So rather than having 20 or 30 miles, you've still got well over 100k to go. So and mm. it's just there was this kind of like element of starting to agonise a little bit about finishing it. And that, but you can't you can't switch off for a lot of it because you need to know which bridge to cross next. So you you cross a bridge and then go right what's the next number and then you're like right 45a 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 you need to cross 45a and then before you get to 45a you get to bridge 44 and then you think right it's the next one but the one after 44 is 44a and then 44b and then 44c and you think oh yeah (laughs) so funny (laughs) so yeah it does it does become a bit of an obsession in the race you're right it really does kind of yeah you just and you've got your little obviously if you've made any notes about maps and bridges and stuff you've got you've got to keep getting them out and going and just like rechecking did i did i say 45c or did i say 45a (laughs) it's crazy yeah it is the case and it's but but it's a great race i think that because you did it as well you'll have you'll have had the the same experience as me is is just how low-key it is it's just Mm -hmm. it's not about any fuss there's no there's no like utmb kind of cheering or um fanfare is there there's no there's no, no fuss to cool. it whatsoever and dick kern goes on your marks get set go and and everyone goes you know yeah. it's and he was and he, and he was he he was very um he was very adamant on people ensuring that they looked after themselves that that was the main takeaway from the briefing but but you're right it was it was shorter than a parkrun briefing yeah yeah and you, you know the the sign to the start was just in t- in felt tip pen on a bit of plastic wasn't it it yeah. was like gucr this way yeah that's and it. then a small crowd of people and dick hearn he said that i think his his he, he said be careful of cellulitis and that was his main kind of concern wasn't it people don't get yeah. cellulitis yeah that's right yeah look after yourself and and i think i think it's a really good model and it's a really good thing to bring up is that you know races these days can you know maybe for good for good points and maybe some bad points as well go so over the top with the amount of things that that are needed at the start line and finish line um yeah you know packages you get and signs and lights and it's just you just don't need it a lot of the time i mean you there's such comfort in having yeah. such a low-key thing as well it's really it is really comforting it feels it feels nicer yeah. it feels more personal um and you don't need that as well yeah yeah there's less waste and it's just i think it's a really good model to use so yeah they've mm. i think i think grand union do a, do a fantastic job yeah. and it's a really good show i don't know sure. if you've ever done any of the ldwa races have you that are I've, that I've been recommended them before. yeah 
they're worth it. I mean, the, the winter tanners, which I've done a few times, and the punch bowl marathon, they're maybe five, six, seven quid to enter. Mm-hmm. And it's very much just turn up and then they'll give you some instructions and you go. And when you finish, you don't get a medal. You might get a certificate, but they'll give you some beans on toast. And, and that's like your day out. And yeah. the consistent thing with it is that, you know, like after all the fanfare of a massive race like UTMB, the, the experience after that moment is exactly the same. Whether mm. you're doing winter tanners or whether you're doing something that's massive, you know, you, it's it's just you and it's you versus the hills or you versus the course. That's so, it. you know, the kind of like internal processes that you go through in your mind are exactly the same. So yeah. all the other stuff is just dressing, isn't it? It's like it's like decorating a Christmas tree. Absolutely. Completely agree. Yeah, it's just decorative and uh, sometimes unnecessary. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But, so, you know, in cases, in cases like UTMB and Western States, it is all part of the experience. So that package is incredibly enjoyable. Mm. And that's perhaps what makes them that more, a little bit more special, you know, at times. So every, every race has got its personality and you, you can't knock the ones that are going to, that are going to put all the effort into like the experience because, because they are yeah. great fun. So. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And, and, and me saying, you know, low key is better and stuff isn't necessarily true. Like you say, there, there are places for it and stuff and there are races that do it really well and it works. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's it, all the races do their best to give runners a good experience. And I think, yeah, it, it kind of shows in a, in a lot of the events. And I love the low key ones. And yeah, you're right. I do. I do, I do really enjoy a lot, of the, a lot of the larger races. But yeah, like for me personally races like the great south run as you, you know i think having all that jazz at the start and all the jazz at the end it kind of attracts more runners and as a charity raising yeah uh, kind of event and stuff that that kind of works that model a little bit but yeah i, I wish they wouldn't waste so much stuff <laughs> I really yeah do. i know the bottles <laughs> and the the waste of the great south run is is shocking isn't it but mm-hmm. but it's a good day out as well so you know absolutely you can't really knock them too much it's so before so, before we go into like too much detail about about some of the races which I'd really love to love to cover especially kind of maybe with a focus on the 2019 races um do you have any other hobbies um other than running that you do like when you're not running or obviously you've got the music and things but when you're not doing that have you got anything else that you enjoy doing uh not a hell of a lot being lazy is one of them watching Netflix that's quite that's quite good um you, I love, you deserve love it though yeah <laughs> I love a bit of travel and um, I love a few beers as well. So, yeah. Oh, can you can you tell us a little bit about your trip to Thailand recently? Yeah. Well, I can tell you a little bit. Um, yeah, I just went on New Year's Eve to Bangkok and saw in the New Year and just travelled around lots of different places in Thailand, Cambodia and Vietnam for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, went went all over Thailand to the to the islands, Koh Phangan, Koh Samui, Koh Lanta. KPP to Phuket, um, a little Chiang Mai, Bangkok, all around there, and uh, a bit of northern Thailand, which was which was one of my highlights actually. Amazing, amazing place to run around if you get the opportunity, particularly around Chiang Mai, which I think yeah. um, Harry Jones used to live there, didn't he? And he used to run around Chiang Mai quite a lot. And I, I believe he did. Yeah, I used to see a lot of his traces out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the mountains and the trails around there are fantastic. Um, there's a few moments that you you have to you have to be brave because the trails start to disappear and you think 
<laughs> am I going the right direction or I'm only get eaten by a tiger stuff like that. <laughs> um, but it's a very it's a very interesting country there the people are fantastic their food is awesome and yeah. they're, they're sort of like culturally nourished they've none of them um none of the people I met were anything other than happy smiling and and friendly so it, it was a wonderful couple of months good good and you came back yeah. came back nice and refreshed and uh nice and ready. refreshed and then imprisoned at home by COVID-19 exactly yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say and then yeah the COVID, COVID-19 comes along and uh yeah ruins yeah. it all but good no nice so 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 it was it was good to good to hear that you got some running done out there and stuff and and obviously you didn't do any like official races and things out there i I know you we'd spoken a bit before you left and you there were a couple of options of races that you could have done but you just kind of stuck to just you know seeing the area and getting out onto the trails yeah so we we were chat we were in copenhagen on the beach and i said to to heather at the time shall we go to Siem Reap in Cambodia and do the Angkor Wat Ultra? And that was a race that was around 80 miles long, around Angkor Wat temples. And I think there's about 100 square kilometres or something of temples around that area. And the race looked absolutely stunning. And I chatted with my coach, Michelle, and just said, you know, what do you think about this? Because I, I was quite keen on doing a race while I was out there just to kind of, I don't know just to kind of tick that box yeah and then she said oh, i know you're, you've got a few niggles because i'd only recently done the hill or failed at doing the hill and was <laughs> quite quite broken really um and she said no, mate, perhaps just try and look after yourself a little bit and let those niggles go okay so that was the point where i was like right no let's let's just let go of that idea and spend the next couple of months relaxing and not not getting into that kind of that headspace of I need to go for a run because cool. I think by the end of last year I was quite stressed out by the whole thing I'm not um, surprised I'm not surprised was, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was nice nice to have a couple of months off actually but we we did go on some amazing runs we ran to some uh Erewhon waterfalls we ran mm-hmm. up to one of the high points at Chiang Mai through a couple of derelict temples um we ran on all of the islands i ran from phuket airport down to kamala beach which was really interesting you can still see some some light scars of the 2006 tsunami as well so it's quite kind of eerie in places but so hot so you unless unless you train and do saunas you wouldn't be able to run very far there because it's fiercely hot when it's in Mm. the high season so Okay, and and co- covered covered in a lot of uh, like thick greenery and kind of almost jungle surrounding. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. The whole yeah, lots of jungle, lots of jungle, lots of yeah. <laughs> like things hiding in the dark. What? So, what? what t- t- tell me, did you like before you went out running over there? Did you? Because this is something I would do. I, I'd be absolutely panicking, like I did when I went to Australia. I mean, even running in a park in like a, a social yeah. kind of like playground park for me was scary. But to go out into the into the jungle, did you have to? like be aware of any like dangers and things or did you look at like what wildlife were out there snakes well, animals and stuff he- heather did heather heather looked it up and she said look do you want to do you want to know what spiders are out here and i was like <laughs> i'm pretty serious arachnophobe so i said no don't tell me i don't want to know anything okay and so we every time we went for a run through the jungle i was in I, you know i was completely ignorant to the dangers that were out there and it was i think ignorance is bliss isn't it so whilst Heather, Heather was starting to get a bit 
particularly on one run when we were looking like we were going to get lost, I was quite happy to stride through. And okay. then when you talk to people afterwards, they go, oh, well, you know, what about the tigers and the snakes and the spiders and this and that? I'm like, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see a tiger. That'd be great. Yeah. So, so Dave, if, if you had been running along in, in your nice, uh, one of your nice running tops, let's say your, your nice white centurion running top, right? And Heather would mm. see the gigantic tarantula on your back while you were running. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming that the best thing for her, to, for her to have done would would not to tell you. Yeah, if she could just flick it off for me and then just say, oh, I, was just, I was just giving you a pat on the back or something. Then <laughs> huge, huge arachnophobe. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stand them. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So, so if we if we step back a bit, um, Dave, and uh, kind of look about when you, or talk a little bit about when you started running. Um, I've I've had uh, the privilege of listening to a few of your other podcast interviews, especially on um, Bad Boy Running podcast, where you you'd mentioned like first getting into running, perhaps maybe you were in a, a state of mind or maybe physical state that you weren't really happy with, and you just started to run. Was was that kind of like a trigger for you, just being like health wise to start running? Yeah, um, I, yeah, kind of. I think I was about 27, 28, and I'd spent the previous 10 years um, really just going out at the weekend, getting absolutely hammered, getting out my tree on anything I could find, mm-hmm. literally. Um, and you know, I, I was in, I was in this like sort of 20s party mode, really. Okay. And that took. I wasn't I wasn't unhealthy sort of physically I'd, I had no problems but I was just overweight I was overweight and I could okay. I started to see it and I started to get a little bit uncomfortable about it and I knew that I had to do something uh, but yeah. nothing really found nothing really kind of like took my fancy so I thought well I'm just going to get a pair of running shoes so uh, and um, I thought about it for a long time before actually going to buy a pair of running shoes and thinking right I, I need to I need to do something about this because when I was younger I was very athletic um I was you know I played a lot of cricket I was captain of the of the, the football team when I was in in the junior school of the boarding school that I was at mm-hmm. and um so I'd, I'd come from this place of being in Canterbury being a very fit person to coming to Portsmouth smoking loads of weed getting drunk all the time and then 10 years later that that started to show okay so I thought right I'm gonna go and gonna go get some running shoes and and that that was me addicted really it really was okay so and and, and, and why why did you pick running Dave was it or like why why specifically did you did you turn to the road did you just assume that it would that that was the best thing to do to, to to lose a bit of weight yeah, I think so. And I, I, I'd always liked running. I always enjoyed being active. And, you know, it's just the gym is not for me. The gym is full of bloody posers. <laughs> and <laughs> and r- running oh, just seems, you know, running up and down on the road seems to be much more of an appeal to me. So and, yeah. you know, w- with, with running at the time, I believe that you could just buy a pair of running shoes. And that was the expense done over and done with. Never have to spend any more money on it which um now i'm fully within my running addiction i've been proved wrong and that it costs a hell of a lot of money some reason just to get out that door um that's a a good point like to start it's probably quite cheap and it's um 
you know, in, in terms of the equipment and stuff, obviously you've got the shoes and, and a little bit, maybe a pair of shorts and a top, but like in terms of your playground, it starts, it starts as soon as you close your front door, you know, so that, 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 yeah. that's, a, that's a cheap thing about it, but you're right. The deeper you go, like the, the, obviously the deeper the rabbit hole goes. Yeah, absolutely. The more you challenge yourself, the more, the more extra costs kind of spring up. Don't they? So, um, but yeah, I remember, you know, vividly my first run was, uh, you know, whack on a pair of, pair of shorts and a, just a cotton t-shirt i remember it was a blue quicksilver t-shirt actually and okay. i ran from Fawcett road up to the top of the roundabout at fratton road and then round past the priory school down victoria road north and then on along i think campbell road and that loop okay. there was a mile so i just i went and did that and i was i was so chuffed with myself i had mapped my run on and it said that Brilliant. i'd just run a mile and i thought wow you know like I, I literally never thought I'd be able to do that. I had no concept of how far a mile was either. So yeah, yeah. it was quite a kind of like eye-opening thing. Like, all oh, right, okay, so that's a mile. I've managed to just go and do that off the cuff. So let's let's see what I can do. And I just started to slowly build it up. And I remember cool. that, um, meeting one of one of my good friends now. Um, this guy called Lee. Um, he he was quite overweight and he started to run and he was doing five miles a day. And I really thought that that was probably too much for me. Okay. And, you know, I think back now that I thought, you know, back then I thought five miles a day was too much. And, you know, the distances I run nowadays and, and you know, the, the distances you run in your week mm. um, are sometimes three or four times the amount of what that was back then, you know, doing five miles a day. So, yeah, um, for sure so it just kind of it just kind of built from there so I, I would i would go and i used to get up at five o'clock in the morning because i used to work in a mental hospital or psychiatric hospital called um Hollybank. and okay. to get my get my running i'd get up at five o'clock run about 5k and then go into work and when i started to do this and i got into that routine of getting up running um, not very far you know it's only three three or four miles at a time I really started to lose a bit of weight and see the benefits of it. Cool. And I think that it's really, really, really important to to build on those benefits as well. So when I saw myself getting fitter and looking much better, that then gave me that 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 motivation to go to the next level or to do the next thing or to carry on with it. So cool. And and you and you and you said earlier like you really enjoyed it as well. Like after even after doing that first mile, you were super chuffed. And and did you know you'd kind of found something that was gonna that was gonna going to stick around for a while and you were going to carry on doing yeah I think I can't really remember when I first started to enjoy it because I think like anything and when you first started and you know whether it's guitar or you know you need, you need to practice it before you get to that point where you think oh this is really good but you know I, I got up to a point where I was quite capable of running about 10k maybe in an hour and I just you know it was just a nice time it was it was it was time out of normal life it was you know mm. and, and actually that meditation of it and that that kind of clearing your mind was was really lovely and it's and it still is lovely you know cool yeah to agree I mean when, when I first started it was just initially on the seafront just to kind of keep my I, I just used to specifically think about my heart and I was like well I've got to keep my heart healthy I'm going to go for a for a mile run like, like you did and um mm. and it's just amazing how like back then like I remember my legs 
and lungs were burning. I felt sick. It was sweaty. It just yeah. felt uncomfortable. And I don't know why, but I kept on doing it. And I, I'm not sure what kept me doing it, but I'm so grateful that I did keep it up because like, as I always try and explain to people, like running is almost like for a period of time, it's going to be like a trial that if you yeah. make it through and, mm. and you then use it as part of your, part of your, like your general lifestyle and stuff, mm. it has, the, it has the biggest prize at the end of it. And, and, yeah. you know, as, a, as runners, we can kind of understand that as people who, people who enjoy it and things, but often for mm. somebody outside, it might not be necessarily that, that obvious yeah. that you've got this, this nice thing at the end. But I always try and tell people like, yeah, it almost sounds a bit culty, doesn't it? Like, oh, I'd like yeah. to do this running stuff and you'll have the big prize at the end. The big, yeah. big light from the sky will come down and shine on you. Right. But, you know, it's it's a, such a special thing to have in our lives. And, and Absolutely. I think, nice that, I think that I, tell, I said to you the other day, didn't I, when you know, we were running along um, socially distanced from each other. Yeah. And, it, and it was a very relaxed pace and the sun was out. And, you know, we... And I said to you, you know, it's really lovely to have a run like this because you're in that place where all of the effort that you've put in up to, until now has paid off because you can go out, enjoy it, not be out of breath, not find it hard at all, you know, mm. and it's and it just makes it the whole thing really uplifting. Yeah, it does for sure, absolutely. And, and like you come a, back yeah. and you've not you've not had a, it, it, you don't feel like you've had a workout, but you've had, you know, mentally you've had time out of life and and you have had a workout but it doesn't feel like it yeah absolutely yeah. And, I, and i find i find you have more and more of those days i don't know if you do like more of those moments in, at this time of year where the sun starts coming out and it gets a bit warmer and stuff as well it's just it's so uplifting yeah it's the sun makes all the difference it really does and I, i'm much more of a fair weather runner than i am a midwinter rain and you know boggy runner although i'll still yeah. go and do it but i'd much more yeah. i'd much rather be hot and sweaty than cold mm. so dave earlier you mentioned um that you had a coach uh michelle maxwell yeah uh, Michelle. yeah so so how long have you been doing that for I've, I've had her for about two years now i believe um and the reason i got her was because i <sighs> I, I, was, I never really knew what I was doing so and I was quite happy with that but then I, I went to do this to, to do a race called Transvolcania mm-hmm. which is essentially sort of 30 35 miles straight uphill followed by 10 miles downhill and I, I really didn't know how to approach this race what the training should look like how much how many feet I should be like how much elevation gain I should be doing in my training and I was really kind of I really wanted to do it and bearing in mind the year before I, I had done western states and trained for that off just off cuff so I, I knew that I had the ability to be able to finish something yeah but this was this was new because it was a distance that I'd never really done before with an elevation gain that I'd never done before so it's much shorter but much steeper than anything and like I think it's 14,000 feet over just about 30 miles or something like that followed by a a giant downhill so I got her on board and she she's just been a godsend because you no longer have to think about what you're doing next because she tells you I'm completely Mm -hmm. submissive to her every need yeah um and I you know she she has put in put in the structure that I've never had before and it's just about you know doing doing runs that are actually going to make 
give you some a little bit of progress and make you stronger so i'd never ever done any speed work um i'd never been conscious of really how far i should be running on the weekends so she she kind of pulled me back a little bit whereas before i might be doing a marathon or 30 miles or longer at the weekends training training up for a hundred mile race or something like that she very much kind of like pulled me back a bit from from that kind of distance so whilst cumulative mileage is still high in doing sort of sometimes 60 70 80 mile weeks the actual long runs tend to never be further than about 20 or 22 miles and she'll say to do something like a marathon as a build-up um but i'm not the best marathon runner and i'm not massively into them so i'll do the odd marathon as a build-up but um she uh she just kind of put that discipline there so when i when i trained for grand union canal race last year i didn't really run further than about 20 or 22 miles in one go and she 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 sort of uh, reassures me you know trust the process Mm -hmm. um because you going through this although you might not think that you know that that you've run far enough throughout the last few weeks you've done 250 300 miles and that cumulative kind of like mileage and the amount of speed work and the strength work has has really really paid off for me and it's I think what it's done is it's given me that ability to last the length of the race whereas before I would drop off 50 60 miles into a long one so I think that you know the, the the real kind of test will be this year to see if I can even more consistently run you know, for, for this, like for like a hundred mile race or something. So last year, I really started to see the results. So it'd be interesting to see how they, how like this year, how it goes further. So yeah, I'm quite looking I think forward I... to it. Although everything's been cancelled. So. <laughs> yeah, I know that's true. Well, I, I know, I know you're a, you're a, like I've said earlier, you're you're a man of too much modesty, Dave. But looking at your your DUV statistics page, which for those of of the listeners don't know, is a a resource for looking at ultra running results around the world you had i think in your in your category which was male 35 plus um or i think it's 35 to 39 or something you had i think all of your results were almost all first apart from obviously utmb um, right. which you still did incredibly well in getting 178th position i was which you know like it sounds like a like not near the front but that was an incredible result in itself so it sounds like the coaching you're getting um, has really worked wonders for you and and you've really kind of like you know got a relationship that's really working there so yeah kudos yeah. to you for finding michelle and and michelle's done like a lot of running herself hasn't she she's she's won a few centurion events and yeah she's amazing i think she's just been um recruited onto the british or english team for for a race as well to train train the british team i think the anglo celtic plate or something so she her and her husband Chris who's a triathlete um they've got a whole lot of experience and she I think she's done sub three hour marathons in the past she's very good at ultras and in fact only the other week we ran a marathon together it's the Lama Tree Marathon in Dorset and I having just come back from Thailand and was not in the best shape I was starting to fall to pieces at about 14, 15 miles. And I've never seen anyone run so far, so fast past me as Michelle did through this deep mud. And I just thought, wow, 
you know that's just so impressive she's so good and she's really chilled out as well she's not she doesn't ask too much she doesn't sort mm-hmm. of like jump up and down if you've missed something she's very much um you know let's fit it around your life and not not demand too much of you that's and good that yeah. you know for someone like me that really really works and you know she I, i'd recommend her to anyone she's absolutely godsend oh brilliant okay i'm, I'm even i'm even considering it dave i'm considering it <laughs> do i it, need do help man. i need help i just get all the help from you at the moment and uh, and jason <laughs> and colin and everyone who runs with me so uh yeah so yeah and, and obviously an awesome decision to to go with the coaching and stuff and like you say it's worked really well and yeah uh, it's, it's it's good when you get a relationship back out going and uh you know you kind of settle into a groove and you get to know each other don't you i guess so yeah, mm. awesome yeah i think i think if you go and do a coaching thing you've got you've got to consider what is worth to you and what you want to get out of it yeah and she, she makes me a bit more satisfied with the stuff that i do so she, she's worth every penny cool so um, I guess moving on a little bit, it'll be great, great to kind of chat about some of the some of the awesome races you've done uh, and and all those crazy kind of adventures, highs and lows of, of the racing and stuff. But um, as a start, can you remember, you know, obviously after doing that first mile from from Fawcett Road around around Post Fratton and stuff, can you remember what your first race was that you entered? Um, yeah, I think I think it was one called Hell Runner, which was. 10 miles <laughs> why why does it not surprise me that you went for something that sounds like it's going to be the worst possible experience yeah ever? and it, it sounds it sounded like the most metal race that i could find as well. there you go yeah so, yeah, so what was so, it? it it was just like um around up near borden i think and it was through some mud up some hills through the bogs of bogs of doom and the hills of hell um and i went up there and we raced it with my friend lee and we we did a couple of kind of uh like practice runs around the green sand way up up near Godalming. Okay. And I think I think to train for a ten mile race we ended up running like thirteen, fourteen miles at a time just so we, we really didn't know what we were doing. Mm. Um and then after that we ended up like I think the next thing that we did was end up running 108 miles over four days, like a few months later or half of a year later, oh, because wow. of okay. an idea that had that had cropped up when we were training, when we were doing these runs to, before Hellrunner. So uh, together we went and did the Greensand Way with uh, my friend Dan and Claire, and we raised some money for charity. And cool. we had, you know, we were so un- underprepared, nothing. <laughs> carrying everything we needed on our backs um, yeah you know I was, I was wearing cotton socks and you know i had really bad blisters my shoes weren't trail shoes it was just it was an absolute sh- shambles but we did it and we were dead happy that we did it you know it was it was a great achievement cool and, I, th- I think uh, i think like a lot of, a lot of good sorry to interrupt you, like a lot of good um kind of like not careers and running but a lot of but people who kind of like stick to the running and go off to do to do you know future races and stuff a lot of the stories do start in that similar way where you don't know what you're doing but you kind of at some point you jump you jump head first into something that you're not quite prepared for so there's probably yeah. like a lot of learning and stuff that gets done gets done oh, through those definitely. i mean we, we did this before i'd done my first marathon um so it was it was very much like uh, not so much throwing yourself in the deep end as throwing yourself in the complete running kind of hell and abyss you know it was absolutely mm. it really was very difficult and i think 
maybe for, the, for a short while on the first day we felt quite good and then we yep. had three days of hell and I remember at the time I'd I'd recently got an abnormal facet joint in my back and had um had a prolapse disc so I did all of this whilst whilst in like real serious pain so and I think by day three I my bag was just irritating my back so much so I had to try and make my bag lighter had some, yeah. some blisters and um and it just really wasn't that much of a comfortable experience but um and and it, actually, was, it wasn't like a nice salmon pack or anything it was a it was like a backpack proper backpack yeah it was like a hiker's backpack <laughs> yeah with a really heavy duvet in it or sleeping bag <laughs> thing, so yeah it was, it was really bad and um actually I, I, maybe a year or two after that i ended up having having to have surgery on my back right and, um had done had done a few races after that like i think the i'd had i'd uh gone on to do this thing called the norman conquest which was a 50 mile race self-navigation race through kent and i had to lie to get onto that because i hadn't done a marathon yet oh so, right <laughs> so so i made up a marathon time and a marathon that i'd raced and submitted that and they and they said yes so they obviously were not not that professional at checking checking up on things so I, I like went and did this race and i had a bag full of rubbish and i didn't know what i was doing had um printed my maps off of google that no one would have been able to follow and yeah. i just started like going down these trails and following other people and stuff and <laughs> and uh i remember I, I never i didn't wear socks with my shoes so i turned up and everyone else looked like you know pro ultra runner and there was me just you know almost dressed to go to a club Fantastic. not wearing any socks <laughs> and then you know 20 miles in could feel my sh- my shoes filling up with with uh blister pus and stuff like that so oh it's, um the joy good, <laughs> good day out <laughs> Amazing, yeah that was my, that was my first official kind of longer race and that was an ultra so that was that was quite good fun mm. okay and what was that one called again the the norman I think it was called was the it? norman conquest the norman conquest i wonder if that's because yeah. I, I didn't i didn't actually see that come up on your um on your dv page but i know sometimes not all the events go on there yeah that was oh. that, that was a few years back there was a company called saxon shore ultra trails who who put on something called the white cliffs hundred and okay I think they did the White Cliffs 50, White Cliffs 100. Then they did, like, I think one called the Thames Gateway, and they did the Norman Conquest 100 and the Norman Conquest 50. Yeah, yeah. And uh, okay. and then they, they advertised loads of races for the next year, and, they, and then the company disappeared. And I think that they disappeared with a little bit of unhappiness from people that had, like, signed up to these races. So don't hold me to yeah. that. I, I remember that... It, it, it wasn't like a happy divorce between you know company and ultra races so yeah oh, it's gotcha gotcha okay yeah because because mm. the one i the one i'd seen as your first as your first ultra was the, the hayworth hobble which was like a 32 mile yeah so that that's that's not actually me i don't think <laughs> oh really is that something? Yeah, <laughs> oh. i don't know it's someone else we, we won't go there then. <laughs> okay, yeah no let's 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 skip past that one um really? so Dave, then, then i've got yeah, Karen. No, 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 no. Go, please, please do go ahead. Finish. Say, so, and then, then I think I've I found um, my love affair for Centurion races. 
good old centurion dave good old centurion yeah. and they, I, I tell you what what sticks out for me with centurion is um something we were chatting about about 20 minutes ago was you know when we said about racers who have too much glitz and glamour at the start and finish and stuff and yeah. i think centurion are that that race event that strikes such a good balance between the two like they've got their their nice little blow up gantry kind of finish start and finish and but they're very kind of low-key and their aid stations yeah. are all very very well manned and packed and kind of sorted and yeah, yeah they they seem to they seem to have a really good way of managing their events i think yeah i think what they, they've they've hit a sweet spot there because their their races are really professional they're they're incredibly well run and they're run by a really really friendly bunch of people that have created the community mm. and i think that over the years i've got to know quite a few of these people so you get people that just go back and back again to either yeah. help out or to race it so you see a lot of the same kind of faces there and it, and it just makes you feel really welcome and i think that community that they've got is is one of the one of the key things that makes them a little bit more special yeah. um the routes are epic the the people that win it do epic times which is really impressive and it makes you feel kind of you know happy to be part of a race where people can run that fast as well for sure um but then you know everyone's treated the same whether you you know tom evans doing the south downs way in five hours 46 or whether you're whoever you are at the back doing 13 and a half hours you know there's there's no kind of um there's no like, yeah. special treatment there is there everyone kind of goes and and they do it and everyone has a great time you know it's, it's, they're, they're wonderful races i think that the, the the way that people often talk about the ultra running community being friendly and stuff really shines through at centurion events a lot so like you say it doesn't oh, matter who you are where in the race you're running you're, you're you're all treated the same same rules same things apply for you and yeah i, I know also the one thing i say about centurion that i find is that like james elson who, who runs centurion events he you you can be rest assured that every little piece of equipment you have to carry every rule you have to follow yeah. every every pathway you have to take is all being done with such thought yeah. um, which is all centered around the safety and security of the runners and and for keeping the sport in a good spot yeah yeah i, I think he i think he's very thorough isn't he i think the whole the whole team are very thorough at making cause it's a very slick kind of um operation yeah. that they put there and yeah you know it's, they're just a fantastic bunch um yeah. i mean they've got one of the hardest races that i've ever done as well which is the north downs 100 it's just there's something about it that punishes me like no other that's um, that so sounds I've nasty because um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm 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 pleased and not pleased you said that because obviously with my races being cancelled this year i was meant to do the first one uh, next weekend um I, that may be on the cards for me with the north downs 100 so yeah uh, <laughs> i look forward to it <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've done it twice, and um, ignorantly the first time had just done quite well at the Thames Path, and thought, right, I'm going to go and smash this, and mm-hmm. had like just had the worst day out. I was so sick and so slow, and managed to finish in just over 26 hours, I think, and was just completely punished by it. And there's something yeah. about it. And the second time I was, I went back and said, right, I'm going to go and redeem myself on this race. I still had a really horrendous time and found it incredibly difficult. So I think it's there's a certain power within the North Downs 100 that can um, take down any anyone, you know. And I, I'm not the best runner 
you know at all but I've done races that are supposed to be a lot harder than it and still that race has has chewed me up and spat me out like no other mm, but it's, it's, it sounds like one uh, you you've got to go back to then Jay, yeah, so you yeah. can come you can come away from it at least saying like oh god I really enjoyed that that was the yeah. third time lucky yeah <laughs> my, my, my only aim for that race is to get onto 24 if I do that then I can retire a happy man <laughs> awesome good goal goal set then yeah um, Dave you you mentioned earlier that you'd gone across to run the western states um hmm. and I know I know we've spoken about this before a little bit and I've heard the story but I, I always love hearing how you manage to get your spot in this race can you if you know which story I'm, I'm talking about with a scary bank balance scare in the morning but uh, right, yeah okay yeah um go for it okay yeah so I'd one of my friends had contacted me and said oh you know you've got a you've got a kind of uh, qualifier for the western states and you know I think every runner who has who's into ultra running knows that it's the ultimate and it's always been my my ultimate dream but something that I always felt that was a little bit probably unrealistic for me to do sort of money wise and just in you know the realms of reality it was never actually going to happen so anyway um for a laugh put myself in into the ballot and kind of forgot about it really and because it was just ludicrous that you know the thought of ever getting into the race um had then gone out on a friday night and had spent two nights best part of two nights awake um <laughs> not ultra running partying <laughs> no not not no not ultra running partying and then <laughs> and then i think it was on the monday morning had had checked my bank balance and had was had been fleeced for well over 300 pounds and i was thinking what what where is what is this what's what's ultra sign up <laughs> so i checked my emails and there was this email saying congratulations you have made it through and you are running in the western states hundreds and i was like woohoo shit (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like shit and woohoo this is amazing and i thought that you know i was i wasn't in a particularly good mental you know mental place at the time and i thought Mm -hmm. this this is the one thing that's going to turn turn things around for me and uh so i went went and ran it and it was yeah fantastic so when, so when you so so for those who don't know can, can you like can you i mean i don't know how much you yourself know and I'm, I'm not putting you on the spot here but do you know much about the western states itself obviously you've run it can you tell us a little bit about um how long it is where it's where it's run from okay. and, and any of the history so yeah the, the the history of it it used to be a um or still is a a, a route that a hundred mile route for horses so i think there was a horse race in this chap gordy ainsley um his horse went lame one year that he was supposed to to ride it so he thought right rather than ride it he's he'll run it and then uh so he, he started running the western states trail and towards the end of it he he thought right i i wonder now i'm getting near the end i've got nothing left but can i get it done in under 24 hours right so and this i think was this was in the 70s i think and him doing that was was really the birth of 100 mile racing across the world or so the story goes and it's and it's always had that kind of um thing about being the crown jewels of of 100 mile running Um, yeah it is and i've seen films like unbreakable where you get 
Anton Kupitschka, Killian, um, Hal Kerner and Jeff Rose running it together. I'd read a book by um, Scott Jurek, Eaton Run, and mm. read sort of Dean Karnazes, Marathon Man, and Born to Run, uh, where they go into quite a lot of detail about Western Estates and the experience and, and the course, because it's the course is interesting. It goes from Squaw Valley to Auburn, but it goes through quite a varied terrain. So you start going up a mountain that's generally covered in snow. Yep. And then you sort of traverse some mountains before going deep in some canyons. And then there's quite a few big climbs in the canyons. The heat is off the scale hot because it's done in midsummer. So right. I think the year I did it, it was up, up to near, nearly 40 degrees C, particularly when wow. I went down into El Dorado Creek, um, which is one of the, I think it's the creek before you climb up a, a mountain called Devil's Bum. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly the hottest i'd ever been in my life um it was it was just excruciatingly hot always um, makes it challenging for running ultras in, the, in those conditions as well for sure yeah yeah for sure for sure it was um it was interesting but you know you you, you do it when you're in that situation don't you and then it's yeah. it sort of uh, starts to level out a little bit towards the end and then you you run around quite famously run around high, high school track when you get to Auburn and then there's this white gantry that says the Western States Endurance Run and um, and that's the finish Great. Um, so yeah. something that I've always wanted to do because it's every everything that I'd read and the films that I'd seen had really put it as you know the, the ultimate endurance race the crown jewels of running really so um, that's mm. what got me tempted and then I've had the opportunity to do it and you know so i went and did it i went and did it and then i had a week in vegas it was brilliant <laughs> where did you dave like when you go and do that race obviously like i know myself racing overseas always adds a different kind of another challenge to the to the running and the race itself because you have to plan what you're going to take over there and you, you don't mm. have access to all the kit that you have at home but how did you go into that knowing that you were going to be a overseas b having to travel and pack all the stuff you do what about what did you do about crew and and things like that okay so i i just i went over there with with my mum and her partner i didn't really have any crew um but um you, you, there's there's no real kit list for the western states it's pretty much like make sure you've got a drink on you um so okay. there's no mandatory gear like you would get over here if you when it did the lakeland 100 then you've got to carry everything and you know the kitchen sink with you mm-hmm. um so you know it's it's quite it's quite sort of minimal on the preparation front in that in that sense but okay that's good. Um, we we flew over to Orb, uh, to oakland and then stayed in south lake tahoe and prior to going there was this chap called bob crowley who contacted us to contacted me to say you know do you need a um a need a pacer because i think it was from forest hill which is around 100k mark you're allowed you're allowed a pacer so okay. I, he um he phoned me and he said that you need to run this like like a local and to keep your body core body temperature down he was saying that you need to you need to like lay in the creeks for a good couple of minutes every time you get to one so um and then he said that he'd meet me at, at Forest Hill. So I kind of took his advice on board. Um, I started to know what, what worked for me then with like gels and, and, and eating. So um, w- was able to kind of like keep myself going in that sense. But 
um, okay. his advice his advice on how to run the race was really valuable so if anyone has the opportunity to go and do it um, he's your man really because he, he's done it five times he's also done the hard rock hundred twice as well so he knows what he's okay. doing and actually did the tour des gens this last year as well so oh wow it's okay cool. it's pretty cool but the, i guess the, you you yourself as well now that you've run it i mean if there's anybody from the area and stuff that's going to go out and do western states and i guess i guess i mean you could always offer offer some good advice as well oh, having yeah totally. Front totally i mean there's there's things that stick out for me that that were it for preparation that were really good i mean the the course is pretty much the south downs way on fire but with an with an extra few kind of like <laughs> feet climb and feet downhill and it's quite okay. it's quite quick and it's quite runnable um but i would recommend wearing stuff, stuff like hokers or hockers just to because they're nice and spongies to save your quads a little bit and i think before mm. you go to it, you have to spend up to 20 30 minutes a day sitting in the sauna okay and when you're up for a run, yeah yeah you really need to you need to prepare on that front and and uh I was going out for a run in the sun in you know in the summer when it was like 25 30 degrees wearing a couple of jackets um so okay. my body could get to get used to the temperature and I think in the end when when we ran it it was perhaps I think it's the second or third hottest year they'd ever had and I mean it was fiercely hot but you're going from um the start which is cold and snowy to incredibly hot temperatures so you need to prepare your body because you just won't if, if you don't do that i don't think you'll be you'll be able to stand it so okay. when, when i when i actually raced it i i was at that point where my body was so used to being hot i just didn't notice it as much so there was that lots of ice in a bandana you know and lots of time keeping your core body temperature down yeah. when you're actually running but you know your body was used to you know really sweating its tits off and <laughs> so yeah sure yeah. did you did you um did like lots of people who were crewing maybe some of the elites or some of the other athletes uh who were who were at the the aid stations or the crew stops did, did they offer you things as well because generally like it seems uh, there's quite like a good following in that race and they just tend to help all the runners oh uh, they're so friendly over there i mean i everyone i met i i, I don't know if you know this woman called nikki kimball she's just done all yeah. these amazing races i think she's won it and i think she she might have won utmb one year as well um i met her and she just couldn't have been nicer and she was like oh my god look at your hair and like i saw her down <laughs> at, um, uh, at one of the aid stations and she came running up to me and just like ripped off my bandana filled it up with ice and she was like you come here you know go and do this and um and you know you think this this is like an ultra running legend who's fussing over the nobody from Portsmouth and it was just <laughs> a really surreal situation that kind of yeah. like you know the kind of hierarchy had been completely turned on its head you know of importance and it was it was really really humbling um and you know you see a lot yeah of that, if, if that was like the music industry or something and you, you can't ever imagine like like Britney Spears running over to somebody who's singing a little song in a concert or something <laughs> can you no, no, exactly yeah can you imagine Elson John tying your shoes or something you know just yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna happen um but it's the, the whole fanfare of the race is fantastic so i'd thoroughly recommend Good. doing it if you get the opportunity but it, it's very difficult it's very difficult it's very hot it's very dusty there's a lot of downhill but when you finish yeah. it it's perfect okay 
Awesome. Well, it's it's on my it's on my bucket list to do, and I'd I'd love to get over there and do it sometime. So, and if anybody wants to go and check out the film that you mentioned earlier, Unbreakable, that's for free yeah. on YouTube at the moment, I believe. Yeah, I think I think it is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a banger of a film. It's, it'll re- really make you want to do it as well. Yeah, it will literally just turn just turn you from a from a from a short distance runner to an ultra runner in a click of the fingers. I think it's it's amazing. Um, Dave, like, I, I appreciate like I don't want to obviously take too much of your time but i really want to chat about a few of the races last year because i'm obviously we mentioned earlier that you had a you had a really really big year and stuff you're good for time were you yeah i'm good i'm good yeah good 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 so obviously you had you had so many good results last year and um everything went to plan and the coaching had helped you and you just seem to be in like a really good spot and you did mention that yeah there was probably a lot of pressure there on you that you were playing yourself but you seemed to kind of just take it um Mm. as it went through the year but could we could we first chat about Grand Union Canal and yeah. how like like why why you wanted it into that? That was obviously your first time you'd attempted a, a race of that that length. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I think as I said earlier, it was one that it's one that I knew was it's a British classic, isn't it? And it was something that I knew that I kind of I had to do one day um, just to see what it was like. Um, it's it's very flat it, not particularly to my tasting but it's it's got this kind of like romance about it that you know it's stripped down and bare um mm. so I, I had to go and do it good um, and, and 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 it went it went to to plan hugely because you finished in fourth place uh, yeah in that race and i wasn't sure if you were going to mention it or not but i certainly am and uh, you were you were third male finisher and you were i think you were just beaten to the line by one of the the GB ultra runners. Oh right, was I? <laughs> I can't, I can't okay. remember. I can't remember her name. Ali. Ali Spears. Ali Spears. Is that it? Not Spears. She, anyway, she's 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 amazing. I mean, God, like, you know. In fact, the, the three people in front of me are all fantastic, and you know, I, I completely feel humbled to be able to, you know, be at the sharp end of that race. It's, it just feels so unlikely, but there was something that just really everything clicked in that race and and I found myself from start to finish not really running out of energy and not running out of legs either to, to keep on going um, that's really good yeah the the training had gone really well I'd, I'd been consistent I'd been doing the strength work I've been doing the mileage been doing the long runs and then it, it just all sort of the, the, all the planets kind of aligned to me I, i'm not a particularly fast person you know, i'm never gonna like win a marathon i'm never probably never in a, win an ultra race but you know it, everything seems to sort of just fall into place in that and all of the challenges that, that that always kind of crop up in in these these really long ultras like the sickness or the, the stomach problems they yeah. happened i took it you know just and i managed to just get through it really easily so when I was at 100k and throwing my guts up and needs and stuff and goes to the toilet, I just, you know, thought, you know, I've, I've done this before. Yep. And I think like the experience that I've had had kind of like given me the confidence that I know that I'm going to get through this. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. The more the more races you do, the more times you go through those those horrible moments, the, the more you do learn as, as nasty as they are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'd, I'd started the race with being given a strategy of running for 25 minutes and walking for five mm. and I stuck to this religiously and you know I did, did not break it not not once I just yep. thought Michelle knows better than me so I'm going to try this because I've always very much kind of 
go out as fast as you can and to see if you can hang on and that that's what's made me fade dramatically in the ends of a race yeah so yeah i every every 25 I'm still, minutes i'm still at that spot I'm, I'm still at that spot dave <laughs> I, I yeah. haven't moved on yet. <laughs> it's it's hard to shift i think you need to you know it's it's hard to shift if you if you think I, I, i've done races where i've consciously walked before um but i've never done races where i've consciously walked this much yeah. and i think the longer you go the more you have to save your legs and i think with, when you're running something like grand union you, you need to consciously save your legs because it's a ridiculously long way i mean yeah i i don't, I, I don't care if whoever says that you know well, well it's not it's not the thames ring 250 you know like doing 100 miles or 145 miles is a ridiculously long way to run and i unless you're the biggest freak in the world you're never going to be able to run the whole lot you need to in my in my opinion you need to save your legs yeah so um it was you know i was quite conscious of the distance and quite conscious of the fact that i needed to make sure that i had something in you know in reserve for, for the last stages of the race yeah um I found that goo energy gels work for me. Um, Velo Fort bars works for me, and having people there, like a little crew, who are able to give you a, you know, do you remember Heather gave you an ice cream? I think she, she did indeed. Them, like Solero, and you know, having someone there that can just react to those situations as well. If it's really fucking hot, then you know, you need mm-hmm. someone that's going to give you a calippo. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough race that Grand Union Canal with it being flat. Um, that was my kind of my first experience of a, of a or one of my first experiences with a long flat race like that because if you're doing something like the South Downs Way 100 or maybe even the North Downs Way 100 or Western States the the terrain almost dictates to you when you should run and when you shouldn't so oh, totally. when you're left to your own devices you have to go in with a plan like like you did with 25.5 it's it just yeah. saves the legs completely oh definitely yeah I mean like as, as you said when you go into the South Downs Way you walk the hills and then you you know your body and recovers to a certain extent when you're doing that doesn't it so yeah yeah um, and, I, and, and, and for those for those listening who think walking in ultras is bad like you said earlier like oh you know it's not a running race because you walk when when you're going up those hills at mile 60 70 80 90 and you're and you're walking i mean it's it's harder running when you're running a hill when you're when you're fresh you know yeah. It is really difficult to, to keep going and keep hiking up those hills. It's it's just so incredibly tough. Oh yeah, it, it really, really is. Um and that's when that's when your mental toughness pulls you through. Mm. You know, and because it, it's gonna suck. A- any ultra is gonna suck, and particularly when you're doing something long, you know, yeah. you, you've, got, you've got to prepare yourself that you can have a bit of a shit time sooner or later. So I, I remember uh, kind of I remember bumping into you on the, or, or you bumping into us on the South Downs Way um, 100 a couple of years ago, and I was going through a really, really rough patch going up a hill after... Uh, yeah, I think you were doubled over, over, weren't you, pretty much? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, I remember walking past, we were going up a hill, and there was like a really nice kind of, it was a hot day anyway, it was a really nice, cool looking green field to the side of us with some people sitting in it, yeah. and I honestly was ready to just kill over and just fall into the field, and <laughs> I remember you came up behind me and you patted me on the back and you were yeah. like, come on, come on, mate. I mean, we, did, we didn't know each other very well at the time, but, yeah. and you just said, come on, we, 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 you can do it. You can do it. And I just, I just, all I thought was just one foot, one step, one yeah. step, step. And that really did help. Just that pat on the back from you, just like yeah. really stuck out. It was like, and you, yeah. you did get me to the top of that hill. So yeah. yeah, just, man, um, it's, 
it's, it's good to acknowledge that when things are shit, that they're, they're shit as well, I think. And that, yeah, true. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, true. But you get through that. You know, yeah. everyone gets through it in the end. Like, good point, sir. You've just got to persevere. So, Dave, uh, another big another big race I'd like to to talk about is obviously the probably the, the major one from last year, which was UTMB. Um, obviously, again, your results coming in 178, I think it was. Uh, yeah. It was, was just unbelievable, and it must be like maybe one of your proudest results, or I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether pride is the right word to it use. Was, a, slow, a slow burn achievement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was 32 hours of, of real kind of like hard graft. I think that one, and, mm-hmm. and it was a hot day as well, wasn't it? Because you had done yeah. the CCC. Um, so perhaps, I, I remember getting the information of like all you guys finishing the CCC and I was just like yes they've done it I'm so, I was so <laughs> happy that you know that you guys had like got through that and yep. um, and it's such a boost to know that you know that other people do it and they can they can have their beer and stuff so um, yeah so it was good to like because my mum and Heather came and followed me around bless them so they got the short straw there but I mean, the UTMB is 10 big mountain passes, basically, 10 big, big hills. And yeah. it's it's a beautiful area. It goes round round the, the base of Mont Blanc Massive from Chamonix. How, how, how good was Chamonix, Dave? I mean, how, how amazing. That <laughs> week blew every expectation that I had of it completely yeah. out of the water. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. The atmosphere as well is just incredible. Like, the people. Mm, it really was. Yeah the food the ice cream all those cafes i remember arriving like from the airport and driving through that kind of like those very windy twisty roads through the mountains getting to chamonix and yeah you know being being, dropping my bags off and saying hello to to colin and and his family who i was staying with and we just went off into town and there's people just like sat there's people sat in cafes and bars and restaurants just all through the high street and there's people finishing races all through the week covered in dust yeah (laughs) And everyone, everyone claps and everything, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's they, it's like, standing it's, ovation. Yeah, it's all like the running utopia for the week, isn't it? It's amazing. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and it is, it's, yeah if, you, if you died and went to some kind of running heaven, that, that would be it. it. Yeah, totally. I mean, the views and the trails, are. I don't know anywhere that you could get better than that. No. You know, I'm sure there are places in America and the Himalayas and stuff that are equally beautiful. Mm. But, you know, it's just it, it's like a party week for ultra running, isn't it? It's like a massive celebration of what the sport's all about. Yeah, it's about absolutely. doing something that's really fucking difficult, and then you know having that having that victory at the end when you finish and having that party because the finish line is a bustling kind of like party, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, everyone there is dead into what they do. You know, I think I think running as a as a sport it brings the obsessiveness of out people and ultra mm. running more than anything so you get people walking around that have all got like wearing t-shirts with the gnarliest race on which is quite funny um, yeah, <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm walking around like a piece of shit wearing a metallica t-shirt <laughs> <I'm looking laughs> like a complete reprobate um so, so but, cool. yeah. yeah but yeah, yeah i mean, I mean what, what what a place what, what a week you know i i, I know that there was a couple of people like you know Jason and my friend Tony who, who I've met at a few races like the Lakeland Hundred and stuff that they go over there even when they're not racing just because the week's so much fun. Yeah, 
yeah, I can completely see see that and see why people do that because I, yeah. I wasn't sure what to expect at first because obviously I'd you know I'd heard of UTMB and I'd seen a few videos and I, I just thought I just thought mm, maybe this is just like a bit of like like a like a posho's week away running yeah. and stuff. But I was. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I did it because I was blown away by Tom Evans' uh, win yeah. the, the year before. And, and it, I, it just literally, after I saw him win that, I was like, right, I'm going to go do this race. So I'm just going to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's hard to train for, isn't it? Because obviously, you know, you're living in Portsmouth and you're completely flat and you've got the South Downs way. But it's it's not easy to train for something like UTMB with the elevation. So can you can you tell everyone like like what the elevation is and how you had to get creative to, to train for it? Okay. Yeah, so it was... Um... So I think overall it's 105 miles and around 32, 33,000 feet um, with some properly big climbs in it um, that might take two hours of constantly going uphill. Yeah. So we, we just don't have that around here, do we? No, um, not at we, all. We, I used Butter Hill and a little bit of the Dorset um, Southwest Coast Path from Lulworth mm-hmm. Cove and behind Butser Hill using that grandfather's bottom bit which is always quite good fun to strengthen your legs up because it's just short yeah. and really steep so it had to work on the basis of cumulative elevation gain rather than big hills um, so we'd do a lot of reps of Butser, a lot of reps of hills around uh, Queen Elizabeth Country Park in the South Downs Way just to really like slow down get used to using some poles or cheek sticks and getting you know six to eight thousand feet of, of hills over about 20 odd miles okay uh, 20 to 24 miles and then doing that back to back for about three or four weeks and then had done that and started to started to slow down but started to get really strong and mm. I, I remember doing some of the like the kind of more midweek sprinty stuff where would go and do six reps of butts a hill so six minutes up a hill and then four minutes back down yeah and i started to be able to run to the top of butts a hill at really decent pace without getting too out of breath either so there was these kind of like returns yeah that that start to build up your confidence of like maybe this is something i can do It's very okay. difficult though because the the terrain, the underfoot terrain in the Alps is completely different to the the kind of flat grasslands of of the South Downs Way. Yeah, um, it's very very kind of it's almost like it's almost like the difference between carpeted and and not. It's like you know we have a nice yeah we, we, luxurious carpet. It's so rocky around the Alps. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah it's it's completely different. Um, I, I'd gone to the I'd gone to the to the Alps a couple of weeks before UTMB and did my last back to back there, which was going out from Chamonix to Col de Monte, which is the last last climb where you really do want to kill yourself um, on UTMB <laughs> and the CCC, and then from Flegier down to to Chamonix and that's and had done that and then the day after done the vertical kilometre there, which was one of the scariest running moments in my life where I actually thought I was going to die. Yeah, I saw um, a photo that you posted. of like, so, you yeah. were so high and just, oh man, it looks, it looked frightening. Yeah, it was, it was, it was petrifying. And, you know, I, I quite almost shit myself going up. It was that bad. Yeah. And this, you know, it was just awful. I think it took, it took like 30 minutes to go 500 meters. Wow. So it's pretty difficult. Um, mm. But then that, you know, using the the trails around Chamonix in the in the few couple of weeks before UTMB, kind of like 
got me used to a little bit more of the rocky stuff so that when UTMB started I, I wasn't going in blind yeah um, uh, and and then once UTMB, UTMB starts and you get taken away with that kind of like the romance of the start and the, the music and the vibes and the people clapping quite quickly you are out on your own and everyone is going at the speed of doing like a 14 hour 100 mile and you think what the fuck's everyone doing so <laughs> yeah. must have started must have had a good thousand people or two thousand people in front of me at the first bit and mm. then just kind of like really relaxed into it you know it, it's it's great fun every every aid station's a street party isn't it so yeah it's really good past, like uh, you know leg breaking back downhill you have a lovely little bit of people kind of like out the streets clapping you in you can have a little bit of food and then it's back to it and you know the, the the climbs there, as you know, like when you go up. Um, what's that? What's that one on CCC after? Um, after Arnie Vaz, Grand Colferre, but that that takes uh, ages yeah. that climb, and it's just so difficult, isn't it? Because you there's yeah. so many cool summits, and that that kind of, and and you really have to kind of like dig deep because it starts mm. to get really steep. It's long. Um, yeah it's just when you're hours into a climb and you're just thinking when does this ever stop and you look up and you can just see you can still see a long trail of head torches at night yeah. going up and you think it's just it just it just yeah. feels like some kind of sick bloody joke doesn't it yeah, <laughs> it really it does. Does. yeah i remember saying you know you say to yourself like this takes the fucking piss doesn't it mate um, yeah yeah going up cold de la seine and cold and bon homme which i think in you know on reflection the the, the start to Cormier is probably a little bit more gnarly than Cormier to Chamonix and that's because mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of altitude and some of the and the the Bonhomme climb is is particularly rocky and then Col de la Seine um it's it it gets really really steep and it's and it and it's sort of a little bit too excruciatingly long um, or it was in my yeah. head anyway and I, I was with this guy that had started throwing up and was not really having a very good time so it sort of dawned on me there that this was particularly like difficult part of the race anyway I, I was yeah going up what felt like I'd been going up for like an hour or something and then you sort of look up and you think how are their head torches up there um, because it just yeah. seems unreasonably yeah. far away so it started to make a game that, that I called um head torch plane or star so when i'd look up you're like (laughs) and i'm pretty sure like you know every now and again a plane would come past and then you'd joke to yourself that actually that's just someone's head torch and they're falling off the side of the mountain or something like that so um (laughs) i was playing these little games i'll tell you what keep myself going (laughs) that that reminds me though just saying that you know it's it's really surprising how how no runners die during that race because when when I had my rough patch and I kind of came through the other side of that, I started running. Um, in fact, I was running pretty quickly down some of those mountains after after reaching the the, the tops and and it was it was dark and I remember thinking, crack, you know, I'm nearly falling over a few times and there's there's not anywhere you can really cling onto in a lot no. of those spots and it just it, it it's always baffled me how you know they don't have like you know deaths and stuff during that race, but it also reminded me that you know you need the points to collect up to get into UTMB, which then means that you've done a lot of other events leading yeah. up to it so perhaps yeah, maybe you, a lot of the people going to youtube are really experienced 
I think so. Yeah, there there, there is that element of like uh, danger to it, particularly on some of the rocky descents where they're just you know think what one one wrong footing here and and that's it. That's it. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. People people have been stupid a few times before to get get those points, haven't they? So mm-hmm. y- you're not going to get someone that's not kind of aware of how to look after themselves or how to run downhill. That's it. Because yeah. it's the downhills that are the dangerous bit, isn't it? The uphill, which you can just you know. You know, you're yeah, not going to fall yeah, off definitely. those really. But <laughs> no, it's, def- it's definitely the down the, the downhills because there's lots of like switchbacks in there where you're kind of turning sharp corners and you know it's like you say when you get a when you get a good rhythm going it's very easy to get lazy and your feet are kind of lower to the ground and you can easily kick rocks yeah. and stuff. So yeah, you just got to keep your wits about you and just yeah, just always and, that, and that's that's that adds to the to the challenge as well. You know, always always thinking permanently through those hours that you're out there just you know where am i stepping where am i stepping yeah uh, yeah it's yeah it's all it all adds to the mental drain of it but uh, yeah. No, yeah and and as well if you know if you i i did i wasn't really like set out and getting the time or anything mm-hmm. but one of the things that i do do in it if i'm if i am going for a time then you can do stuff like the maths in your head that's, that keeps you keeps your mind occupied and off of off of the rest of the pain and stuff and i think that towards the end of end of UTMB um I started to do a little bit of maths just on the last downhill and I was like oh my god I can't believe what, I wonder what time it is my watch hadn't been on for ages so I was just kind of like started to speculate as to because I literally didn't know whether it was about six o'clock in the morning or if it was midnight or anything in between I <laughs> I've been going for fucking ages you yeah. know or what felt like ages so I started to kind of speculate as to what my time was. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, you know, if it's if it's two in the morning, then I would have done 32 hours or something. Or if it's three, then I would have done 33. So, how, yeah. how many hours did it take you in the end, Dave? Uh, 32 hours, I think. 32 which, hours, wow. Which I think um, was eight hours quicker than my champagne time. So I was pretty, pretty much blown over by that. It was just, you know, mm-hmm. some, something had worked. <laughs> I think Superb. So, so, yeah, yeah well, I mean, a lot of, a lot of it we've, we've been speaking about good training, good looking after yourself, good coaching. Yeah. So, yeah, it, lots it all of adds food. to it. Lots of food. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, I was going to ask you, uh, Dave, just a quick one. And, and excuse me if you can hear manic shouting and stuff going on in my house. My, I think my family are going mental and running around the, the upstairs. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the, uh, another another run another race the last one I wanted to kind of chat to you about was was one of um, Mark Cock- Cockbane events and I don't know how many people <laughs> would have heard of Mark Cockbane but he's he seems to be like the the Las Lake of the UK running world and has these crazy <laughs> events going and of course who who better in Portsmouth to enter one of his one of his events than you Dave <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about about this hill race and and kind of like yeah. your, your history around it so the the hill the hill is 160 miles long but it, it's going up and down the same hill lovely uh, so it was originally up at shining tour in the peak district i think it was and uh and they did about 55 reps or something in that region of of the same hill to make up the 160 miles anyway yeah. the pub that they used at that spot had got shut down so they didn't have a venue to put on the hill so he'd, he'd been looking for a few years and it was one of those races that had always like sparked my imagination like god i'd love to that, that's completely ridiculous and i'd love to have a go um so a couple of years ago he said that he'd found a new place for it which was wernside mountain okay so imme- immediately signed up for it 
and it completely killed you know within 50 miles i was like fuck that i can't do that so had had dnf (laughs) rung the bell saying you know i'm shit i can't do this anymore (laughs) Uh, but immediately knew that it was for the wrong reasons and it was just because i was mentally not tough enough i think you know i might have been physically there maybe not uh, but mentally just wasn't ready for it but as soon as i rang that bell swore that i'd come back next year and that i would give it a proper go and i said to him you know i'm just you know this isn't I'm, I'm not able to do this right now and okay. I knew that, knew that last year I, I think I said to you that I'd done long and I'd done hilly and the hill, hill is long and hilly and I, I was really looking forward to it but I, I'd not had the best bit of training going up to it but I sort of thought yeah I can do, I know I can do this and I started to convince myself that this was my year okay and he changed he'd changed the spot to the Cheviots and and it was quite a nice little spot because it was out in the middle of the nowhere. Um, yeah. The bunkhouse was lovely, um, but and and you were a little little bit protected from the, from the weather. But there was a nice kind of like mile long slight uphill followed by a mile of, or make yeah maybe like half a mile or two of, of bogs. And I mean I okay. like up to your knees bogs, and a really really steep hill and up to a rescue hut. And it was horrendous. I mean, it was covered in snow. It was freezing cold. The, the, oh. the icy bog water was absolutely freezing. Um, and it was ridiculous. I mean, it it was just, you know, it, to do to do it once would be really, really annoying. But to have to do all of this bog for 160 miles, it was just like, oh, what the fuck have I left, my, let myself in for? Um, sounds like sounds like the complete opposite to anything, anything anyone would ever want to do. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's that's part of the challenge. And I, I was like, when when this started going through this box, I, was, I just thought, you know, this is actually awesome. And if anyone can finish this, then, you know, that is good, good on them. And I really, really wanted to be the one that finished it. So I had, had, like, prepared pretty well with my feet and mm-hmm. um, just started to get a little bit more determined. And, I, and from the start, I was quite, I was up there, you know, first, second, third kind of thing and started to go really well and then in the next day i, I was like I've, I've got this and i convinced myself that i that i'd got what it what it takes to finish it okay. started to do the maths in my head i'd got myself a strategy that i wasn't going to go in until every 11th um, rep okay and started to think right I've got 48 hours to do this. I'm going to be finished by about four or five o'clock tomorrow if everything goes right. And then switch my mind off and was like, just going. And then like everything just started to go really, really, really bad within about 30 minutes. And I was on top of the Cheviot Hill shivering and started to like throw my toys around, toys out of the pram. <laughs> the, the, head, the head started to go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, put myself in the hut and put some, um, put some like long uh, waterproof trousers on to try and just like warm myself up a bit. My hands were really cold, and I think earlier in the day there'd been a blizzard where you couldn't see. So we're we're all wrapped up, pretty warm, lots and lots of layers. And you know, like, it was, I, I was pretty good. I was pretty warm mostly, but just needs mm-hmm. to have this extra layer of like waterproof trousers. Ran back down had some more food and then on the way back up I just started it started to go worse and worse and worse 
And I think, like, on that turnaround, I, I really wasn't able to get down the hill very quickly at all. And it was and it was really difficult to run just because the hill was so boggy and I'd fallen yeah. over a few times. And it just, you know, it, it went from definitely going to be able to do it to why aren't my legs even moving properly? Why, aren't I, why, why can't I walk? And proper, I proper, I so, so went from mental mental kind of breakdown at first to then actually being like, OK, yeah. my legs are not, are not going to carry me anymore. Yeah. And it, it was the first time that I'd ever had my legs fail me. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm like, I couldn't even run on the flat at a walking pace. I, mean, I was really, really trying. So I went, went into the into the bunkhouse, and I was like, something's gone wrong. It's not working. And like, ate some food and got up and was like, but I'm not going to fucking give this up because um, I was, I was just so determined to do it. And okay. went out and tried to run again because I thought if if I can run on the flat but walk the hill then yep. that's still going to give me enough time to be able to complete it. But I just couldn't even run on the flat. And, you know, like, you know, when your hips and your glutes go or and your yeah. legs go, and you do this kind of, like, duck waddle type run. That, yeah, that's I know that feeling. Happen. And so I went back into the bunkhouse again, sat down. And the rule is that you can't sit down for longer than 30 minutes at a time between reps. Okay. And I was like, fuck's sake. And... Karen, who was who's one of the helpers, had had said to me prior to uh, doing the hill, she said, "I'm not going to have any of your bullshit excuses this time that you you know that you can't do it and stuff." But she was really <laughs> good. She was like, "Look, you know, this time you've got a, your legs aren't working. This isn't you being a pussy. This is just like, your legs do not work." And I was like, "No, that's fair enough." And then I got up, and she said, "Look, you've got like one minute until you're out." So I got okay. up and just went out the door again. And I just couldn't move. I just couldn't move properly. So I just, you know, that was it. It was out of my hands. Okay, um, fair enough. But since then, I've, I've, I think I've learned some lessons about it. So, and, and I think the lessons are about fueling and making sure that you have enough fuel and you've got that fueling strategy in place. Because like, for the length of the race, I just wasn't eating enough. And um, so I've, if it happens again, which I'm, I will definitely do, and I think third time lucky, I'm definitely going to do it. I've now got Good that man. experience behind me to give myself an even better chance of finishing it. But everything sure. has to go right. So. Yeah, it definitely sounds like kind of like your own personal Barkley Marathon that you're going to keep getting back to until yeah. until you get those five loops or uh, those 160 miles. I mean, it's a it's an insane it's an insane thing for most people to comprehend running that yeah. far. I mean, most people go out and do you know doing six minute six by one minute hill reps is hard enough, but to go out and do and do that for, for like 50 hours or whatever it is it's yeah. just crazy so i really respect you for kind of you know keep going back to it as well and not getting not getting downtrodden from from not finishing it but yeah, yeah. Nice. and i like the fact that you know that you can finish it deep down so you're gonna yeah. you're gonna get it yeah, That's brilliant. yeah I'll, 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 I'll do it one day one day <laughs> i look sure. forward to hearing how you get on with that but he, he has some crazy other events like he's got the 200 mile tunnel race which yeah. is uh, in the coom tunnel in bath and Oh, it's just, and he just, I think he's just announced something as well that you sent me. He's, he's challenging people to run the longest distance in their garden or something. Yeah. So that, that's the next challenge over the next few weeks, isn't it? See if I can do <laughs> 100 miles in the garden or something. 
Brilliant, amazing, Dave. Cool. It's, it's been it's been fascinating chatting about about all your races, and obviously we've 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 run over time a little bit and stuff, and and right. we could we could sit and chat so much more about about other events and things. So maybe we'll get you back on back on another time. Um, but um, as you as you know, or, or as you may have heard on the show, I'd like to finish with a few just quick recovery questions and stuff. Yeah. Um, just kind of like quick fire questions. So, uh, I'll I'll kick off with with those. That's all right. Yeah, go for it. Cool. Cool. So, uh, your favourite ever race that you've done? Um, oh, Western States. Western States, cool. Um, favourite race that you want to do? Uh, Lon Lass Ultra by Cochrane. Which is the okay. length, of, length of Wales. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, tea or coffee before a run? Coffee. Every time. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> uh next question best piece of running kit that you've owned uh the salomon sense ride shoes cool lowest of low moments that you've had in a race uh that yeah there's is um probably the brecon beacons but equally the uh 60 miles of throwing up and shitting myself on the autumn 100 a few years back was was pretty low <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that's that sounds pretty low 60 miles of packing yourself yeah <laughs> you must have had nothing left inside you <laughs> oh mate, i was i was a stick by the end of it <laughs> um your highest of high moments in a race uh probably the granny nicknow race okay where everything went well yeah good yeah. uh what's your favorite running route in portsmouth dave um just going along the seafront it's brilliant <laughs> and it's cool. yeah it's, as i said it's our mecca and nice um can you recommend uh any listener out there who might be looking to do an ultra or maybe interested in it like any running related book or film or anything that you've that you've used that's, that's helped uh i'd say born to run is the book to go for um cool because it's because it's pretty inspiring nice yeah definitely favorite post race uh, post race uh, meal or like a routine that you like to do when you finish the race oh domino's pizza <laughs> oh good man oh, and, and which which one? Oh, it has to have um just build your own but just quite quite straightforward some chilies on top but you know double chilies cool double chilies well wow, nice yeah. one <laughs> especially after 60 miles of crapping yourself yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> just... and uh in anyone or anything in your life that's inspired you to to keep running on racing um Oh, it's, you know it's just all the people that i know actually around around here um that there's there's a lot of people that run for pompey joggers that that got me into it and they still run now and lots of people like you guys that i know um you know it's just it's good to have that kind of interpersonal challenge isn't it that you know mm. friendships and that you know that kind of rivalry which i find quite inspiring as well and the the actual community as a whole is that over the last year or two i think that that kind of friendship group has started to grow and i think cool. that that's really kind of like helpful and inspiring so nice great great answer great answer and like and i guess like that leads nicely into the last thing which is which is what i ask all the guests is like is there anything else you want to add about i mean i know you've, you've probably just done that but about the running community specifically in portsmouth which is which is what uh... the show's about no, I just feel, I just think that there's there's a lot of information out there and a lot of people that are willing to help out, so kind of use them. Um, mm. But yeah, and and also, I'd say always take a modium on a run. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, runners out there, listen from a man who's very experienced. <laughs> Brilliant. And and Dave, like cool. um, 
this, this is something that I should ask all the guests and I, and I haven't been doing doing so at the moment, but obviously this is all about kind of changing and improving the show as we go along. But if people wanted to get in touch with you uh, because you've, you've got so much experience out there with races that people might be doing, especially the, the Centurion events and Western States and UTMB, um, how can people get hold of you? And, and do, you have a, do you have any like social media accounts or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, just, just David Harvey on Facebook or Rocking Runner on Twitter. Just give us a shout anytime. Brilliant stuff, Dave. It's been an absolute pleasure, man. I, I, honestly, Cheers, man. really, you're you're a massive inspiration from for myself personally. Very you've kind. got your voice full of good advice, and you're you're so positive and stuff. And you know, you I think you're a fantastic um, addition to the to the running community in Portsmouth. And thanks for sharing your story. Cheers, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right.